Before we get started on the podcast, we've got an unprecedented opportunity. Because of the coronavirus uh, crisis that we're all in, we have a live stream of our next workshop. You know, we normally do these workshops in Nashville, Tennessee. Hundreds of people come. Thousands and thousands have come over the years. We have never, ever, ever broadcast it live until now. We know that you are probably going to have some time on your hands, and you're probably going to be sitting around. And instead of sitting around watching the news, becoming more and more anxious, some of you are going to want to... uh, kind of switch gears and make some progress. And so an unprecedented opportunity to watch our live stream of the StoryBrand Marketing Workshop. It is on April 6th and 7th, and we say live stream, literally live. Me and JJ and Kula and some others are actually going to present the live stream over two days. You want to register for that at storybrand.com. There's a few bonuses. When you do register, you'll get the Marketing Made Simple Summit. You can watch that immediately as soon as you register. If you register today, you get the Marketing Made Simple Summit that you can watch right now. You also get to enter your website, and I will review some websites right there on the live stream. So I may be telling you exactly what you should be saying on your website, where your buy now button is. Even if I don't review your website, Just watching me review somebody else's is going to give you some money-making tips. And lastly, you actually get coaching. You will move into digital small groups, and you can interact with one of our certified coaches. They spend days and days with us getting certified, and then they've interacted with hundreds of clients. They know best practices, and you're going to get some uh, small group time with them. It is an unprecedented opportunity. It has happened because of this crisis. It's how we're responding to this crisis, and we hope that we're meeting you where you are where your need actually is. Go to storybrand.com and register today. The price, by the way, is $9.95. It's normally $3,000, plus you have to travel to Nashville, plus you're out all of that time. This is a great opportunity. Just go to storybrand.com and register today. Storybrand.com and register today. Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller. I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. J.J. Peterson. Hi, J.J. Hello, Don. J.J., today we're talking about one of your favorite topics, because you spent years thinking about it Oh yeah. in your doctoral dissertation. What do you think that is? Implementing things. <laughs> <laughs> I might have given you a little hint before, because you talk about a lot in your dissertation, but your dissertation does prove, essentially, yeah. that the more you execute, Yes. Our framework, and I think much of anything, yeah. the more you get done. Yeah. Then the more, obviously, the more you get done, the more, <laughs> the bigger return that <laughs> yes, you actually bigger, get. More time you save, more money you make, all of those things. Yeah. Walk me through. Yeah. Tell me if this is true for you, because it's certainly true for me. Okay, go. You go off to some conference, you yes. get a lot of pie in the sky, a lot of emotion, a lot of jumping <laughs> yeah. around, a lot of loud music. Yes. You get home, you're excited. Within two and a half weeks, yep. you have stopped <laughs> executing anything. Yes. Every time I move, I am throwing away like bags of stuff that I got at conferences. Like yep. I just cleaned out a closet and I had like four like booklets, you know, that they give you when you go to a conference and I never used any of it. Yeah. I never used any of it because it's all very philosophical and usually they just kind of dump the information in your lap because the people on stage want to seem really smart. Right. Right. So they're kind of proving they're how opening smart the fire they hose. are and everything. And then the expectation is you're just going to do it. Well, you get so overwhelmed that there's no problem process to actually implement anything. And so you go home and you're like, that was a great idea. I might like change the way I think about one or two things, but it never gets in the end. It's kind of like, you know, if you're a football coach studying football plays, but then not executing them. Yeah. You don't get any points for that. You're like, ooh, this is a fun trick play. That's right. (laughs) And you just kind of have it in your pocket. The ball has to get into the (laughs) end zone. That's one of the reasons we spend half the day at StoryBrand only dealing with execution. You come to one of our workshops, it's half a day 
only creating your execution plan so that you get home and you get more money. Yeah. Today, the whole topic of our podcast is implementation. Yeah. How do you actually execute? Yep. And we have the author of a book called Failure to Implement, because if you fail, you're not going to make any money. <laughs> My friend Howard Partridge actually flew in from Houston, and we actually talked through his book, Failure to Implement. Love we it. can't talk through everything. We talked through sort of the middle three things, I think the most important three things, and uh, it is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, listen, one of the things I say to, to Howard is I met a lot of really, really unintelligent people who make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And the thing that they do is they execute. They get things done. They implement. Yep. There's a lot of brilliant people who make money too, but you do not have to be brilliant. No. <laughs> you just have to get <laughs> Which it done. Is really lucky for us. That's huh? exactly <laughs> true. Anyway, I don't want to wait anymore. If you have had trouble, if you've been stalled, you, you just haven't gotten things done, you don't have an execution system to increase sort of output to activity ratio. Yeah. Activity is all the work that gets done around the office. Mm-hmm. Output is the ball that gets into the end zone, yep. the actual money result of that. And you've got to increase the output to activity ratio, create more efficiency, and implementation is the way to do that. Here's my conversation with Howard Partridge, author of Failure to Implement. Howard Partridge, welcome. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Listen, you work with hundreds if not thousands of businesses every year, and the same thing that probably bothers me the most about what businesses do bothers you the most, and you wrote a book about it. We have a lot in common when it comes to business <laughs> philosophy, for sure. It drives me crazy when somebody yeah. comes you know, to us, they clarify their message, but they don't execute. They don't implement. And you do all sorts of stuff, execution, goal setting, and then they don't implement. Yep. And I think there's a feeling of... Well, if I just listen to some podcasts and I just read some audio books and I just get inspired or if I learn a framework by osmosis, it's going to change my business. But nothing. You can't draw up a football play and get seven points for it. Right. You, you actually, actually have to. Actually, right. Right. You actually have to snap the ball, pass the ball, run, make a first down. You know. And I think I think the most successful people in the world, they get that. And here, and yep. tell me if this is true for you. I'll meet with people, and I don't mean to throw anybody on the bus and not think about anybody in particular. And I'll think to myself, you know, this person is is a multimillionaire, unbelievably successful, and they're not very smart. Right. They're just not very intelligent. Right. They're not right. like super intelligent. Not dumb. Right. But the, what they what they all have in common is they execute. Right. They, they implement. have a period. bias toward yep. action. Yeah. All right. So you've got a bunch of things in this book that really help you execute and implement. Yeah. That's what the book is about. Yeah. I agree with you. It's the most important thing that you can do. In fact, J.J. Peterson did his doctoral thesis on implementation of the StoryBrand framework. Well, that's not what he, he did his doctoral thesis asking who makes the most money. And he discovered it's not nonprofits. It's not for profits. It's not small businesses. It's not big. They're all the same. But the, the, the individuals that make the most money are the individuals who execute the most. Absolutely. No and, doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, so it's what your book is about. Yeah. I, you've got a bunch of things. You've got, a, you've got a bunch of ideas and principles in the book. They all start with P. How long did that take you to figure out how to get... <laughs> that was many hours on the beach. I got to get the P's. And P then did you notice one? the I's that follow that? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I want to talk about three P's, and we'll get to more if we can, because you you've bet. got a bunch of them. I want to talk about the importance of creating processes the importance of being productive, and the importance of measuring progress. You bet. So processes. Sure. So if you don't mind before that, I want to share why people don't implement. Yeah. Because the fact is, is that when I ask the question, you know, would you agree that there are things that you could do uh, in your business, in your life, that if you actually just did them, if you actually executed, implemented your life, your business would be better? And everybody's like, oh, yeah. And that's, that goes for personal, it goes for business also. So everybody agrees that 
failure to implement is a problem, right? Right. At, at some level for every single human being. And the more that we can accomplish, the more that we can get done, then the farther we're going to go. And the question is, why do we not implement? So people would say, well, lack of time, lack of discipline, lack of focus, and all lack of motivation, all that's true. But really what's underneath that is a lack of belief. Because mm. the fact is, is, is if I know that I'm going to get what it is that I want, and this book was really written for people who have big goals, people who want to yeah, yeah. reach bigger goals and dreams, and whether that's business or personal. And of course, my work is in small business like you. And so really, it comes down to belief. Zig Ziglar said that the secret ingredient of success is desire. Napoleon Hill talked about this burning desire, right? So we know that when you have a desire to do something, to be something, to have something, to do something, then you're going to act. Well, what I learned is that that desire comes from a vision that human beings do what human beings see in their mind, but if they don't believe that they can accomplish it, if they don't believe that they're good enough, if they don't believe that, well, maybe the juice just ain't worth the squeeze, right? Right, That I'm going to put in all this work and it's not going to actually work out or it's just not going to be worth it. And I think every day we have to you know, look at the the trade-off, right? Right. And, you know, is it going to be worth the investment that I make in time and money and energy? I, I find the um, a common denominator amongst people who, you know, are extremely successful. I mean, you know, it's not always true, but there's a sense with the extremely successful that they've more or less taken fate into their own hands. Yeah. Now, you can't take all of fate. Nobody right. believes that. Right. You, you partner with God or whatever right. you believe in, right. you know, in, in many, many ways. But they believe a, a much higher percentage of whether this thing works out is in my hands than isn't. Right, you know? right. And, and, you, and then you look at the folks who, who, who maybe don't succeed, and they believe a much higher percentage of, of fate is in fate's hands than in my hands. And so they give up control of their vision to that, and it doesn't work. Yeah, I think a lot of people who are even believers and wonderful people, you know, if it if God wants it to happen, it's going to happen. But the fact is, is he's probably waiting on you to do something. <laughs> you know I mean? He I'm like a firm believer. Yeah, in that. he called you to do something. But the cool thing is, is that when he uh, calls you to action and you actually do it, then he does his part, and that's where the miracle comes in. Yeah, so it's, it, it feels like a collaboration. Yeah, and, and even even this is interesting because Stephen Pressfield or Robert McKee, for example, would be an atheist, and he would say he still partners with some unknown force to get things done. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fascinating to me how yeah. it, it just. But and of course, what he's saying is it feels that way. Yeah, and you know, I, I honor his belief system, but to me, it, I do feel like I'm partnering with God to make something great happen. Absolutely. And, and it's something that's going to serve the world in some way. Yep. But it's up to me. Right. I mean, he will, right. le- he will let it fail. Yes. <laughs> which is kind of scary. It, it's crazy to think about, but even if it is his will, he may let it fail because you don't want to do your part. I put you here to do this, and you didn't do it. Well, I don't want to get too theological, yeah, but I kind, I, of, I kind of believe that the point isn't to get the thing done. The point is to partner with him to do anything. Right. <laughs> you know, so if you don't right. want to partner, we're not going to partner. Right, right. Yeah, he's not, he's, not a, he's not a dictatorial boss, right? Right. All right, so let's talk about if, if that's true, if, if we have got to have a larger personal agency, sense of agency, then we have to actually make a plan and get this thing done. Yeah. And you talk about a lot, picturing it, sensing your purpose, the people that you're surrounded by, planning, prioritizing things, but I want to get to the thing that I think is really three things that are the most helpful. Sure. And that is creating a process, Yep. right? 
being personally productive yep. and then measuring progress. Yes. To me, that's the heart of the book. It's in the middle of your book. Yep. And to me, as I look at my career, I said, you know, that's it. It was processes, measuring productivity, measuring progress, or creating productivity, measuring progress. Can you talk to us about, you know, you go into a company, they're a $2 million company. You know they can be a $5 million company in two years. Yep. They can't scale anything, though. Yep. They're heavily dependent on Jack in the warehouse. He's the only one who knows how to use that machine. Yep. Uh, Jane over here in accounting uh, has codes written on top of files that nobody else can read. Yep. (laughs) And these are not processes. That's right. And what a lot of people don't realize, well, Jane gets the job done. Jack, well, we couldn't do it without Jack. He's amazing. And you, you, you forget that they are doing an amazing job, and they're capping your potential also. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, how do we start implementing processes? Well, so the way that we start implementing processes is uh, first identify everything that needs to happen in the business. So, I have another book that you have called "The Five Secrets of a Phenomenal Business," where I share a framework of building systems. And so, everybody has a position. So, if you think about a football team, you know, there's a different position with a different role, right? Right. And so then you have a playbook and you have the uh, rules of the game. So I call those policies and procedures, right? Right. When it comes down to procedures, it's simply documenting every single step. Like I was uh, coaching a guy yesterday, he came to my house in Destin, and we spent a half a day together. And he's like, you know, we got cash flow problems and, and I don't really even know how, you know, things are coded wrong and this and that. And so... He's going to go in there in that department, and he's got three locations, two in Florida, one in Massachusetts, and he's going to go in there and sit there for two days and just document those processes, and then we figure out what's the right way to do it, right? right. So, so you have to document everything. Uh, what are the, the, what's the step-by-step? What comes first? What comes second? How does that impact that? And just make a list. Really, what I recommend that business owners do is just make a list that in marketing, for example, mm-hmm. you know, what happens every single day? What happens every single week? What happens every month? You guys were talking about a marketing plan, right? right. Or one of the podcasts. And so when do we do this? When do we do that? It's not, you don't make it up when, right. when oh, you know what? We need calls, right? So right. let's go do something. Let's try a Facebook like you guys were talking about yeah. on the podcast. So uh, the playbook is, this is, the step-by-step, okay, so this is the play that we're going to run, right? And this is how that play works. This is what we do every single time. Every time you you run a play in football, you got to snap the ball, right? That's yeah. the first, yeah. first step, right? So then how do you snap the ball? That's where these procedures come into to play. And then, you know, what's out of bounds? What's a foul, you know? And the idea here is that, you know, you've got the, you've got the center on the team, You've got to be able to replace that center with somebody who's learned the same procedures if that person goes down. Right. And that that's part of the importance of procedures. And I would yeah. also add this. You know, I, I think a lot of people are hearing us saying, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what Howard says. I'm gonna start a marketing procedure list. One important question is what is it that the marketing person is doing that's actually making you money? Right. Because I, I promise you, you'll sit down with some business leaders, they'll begin to make procedures. That are not that don't affect the bottom line, right? You know, the right. marketing person comes in. They, you know, they're going to make coffee. They stop <laughs> right, right there, right? right. right. You've got to actually study what because you're not just creating procedures that somebody else can come in and fill. You're actually defining what are the most efficient procedures that affect outcomes. Right. So the framework that that I put together, there's there's five parts to it. The first part is the vision, right? So that's the mission, values, and purpose. We call it MVP. 
that includes your goals. What is the goal? And when every single, then you have your, your team, that's the org chart, then you have policies, procedures, and job descriptions, we call them PRDs. But so every single position in the company, if I'm in marketing, then I have a goal. That is to right. generate X number of leads, to call on X number of referral sources, to make sure that we're we're reaching out to the list. Of course, we've got strategies for that. Somebody has to be responsible for doing that. So you have the people and the processes. The problem comes in when you don't have a process is that everybody does it differently. Yeah. So like you said, when that person's gone, well, let's get some other superstar in here, right? That's right. And, and if they don't have a process, you cannot improve upon their process. Exactly. So even if you're not going to get rid of them, you can't improve upon the process unless you, unless you actually write it down, exactly. study it, and see. Exactly. You know, the activity to output ratio has to remain high. And you can't measure that, study it, or edit it unless you actually create it. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's fascinating. At our, at our company, we, do, we have a, a laminated sheet, and you write down the five priorities of your division, yep. and then your personal five priorities. Yep. And then you're accountable to those in a stand-up meeting, I think every day. Uh, it's a, called a speed check, yep. and then that's like a 30-second meeting. Right. And then a much longer meeting with the entire division about once a week. Right, right. And right. that has worked unbelievably Absolutely. for us. Absolutely. That's people part of the system. Yep. They'll forget immediately what they're supposed to be doing. Absolutely. I forget immediately. The phone rings, and I'm off on some tangent, and I'm not yeah. doing what I'm supposed to do. It's right. my priorities. Right. So processes is first. Productivity. How do you – I mean, you're a very, very busy guy. I went down to Houston to visit you, yep. spoke to your, your group, your big mastermind there, which yep. is several hundred people. How many people were in the room? We usually have – 150 to 200 people come yeah. uh, every quarter. Yep. When they were, by the way, they were a blast. It's yeah. Like, I love fun, audiences yeah. like yours because it's like driving a Ferrari. Yeah. They're going to laugh. They're yeah. going to take notes. It's yeah. Right. Anyway, so you've got, you're a very busy guy. You've yep. got hundreds and hundreds of businesses who are asking you for advice, people Correct. reading your books. How do you personally stay productive and not get sidetracked? Well, so the really important thing that I do every single day is I do what I call a daily time capsule. Some people call it quiet time, focus time. Gary Keller calls it strategic thought time. Yeah. And so you have uh, what we call the phenomenal four projects. These are my rocks. EOS calls it rocks. Um, different. Those are the rocks it. that go in the jar first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got it. So the the big thing, right? So assuming you have the first thing is you 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 get your systems. Here's what you're responsible for. Here's what you do every day. Here's what you do every week. Here's what you do every month. Here's our meeting schedule, right? With with the team, and then personally. Uh, each one of us is going to have three to five rocks. We call it the phenomenal four. And so it might be uh, create a new marketing strategy or a new lead generation process, or it might be uh, it might be writing job descriptions or whatever the, the case might be. Uh, it might be a big event that I'm working on, for example, would be one of my rocks, one mm -hmm. of my projects. And so every day, every morning, I get up or fairly early, I get up anywhere from, you know, five to six in that range. Uh, and when I was building, I would get up at four o'clock in the morning when I was first creating all these systems. And I had to be at my shop at 730 in the morning. So this is how I wrote manuals. This is how I write books. And, you know, today... By now, the way, that, I, I got to stop you there. Yeah. If you have a content creation aspect to your job, you cannot beat mornings. You can't. You can't. No way. And I, and I know. And I just want to stop there because this may be the most valuable thing that any of us say today is get your butt out of bed and get that thing done 
before you go to the office. Absolutely. Yeah, the, Eat that my frustration frog. with the city of Nashville is their coffee shops open at 7 a.m. I need them to open at 5.30 a.m. Yeah, or earlier. Yeah, or earlier. <laughs> so uh, Exactly. Yeah, but we'll, we'll keep going there. Yeah. But, yeah. But, but here's what I want people to get. This book and this process, FTI, is failure to implement and to raise your performance to the level of your goals and dreams. I really feel that it's important to really understand the outcome of doing what you're doing. Because I can say, just get up early, but I got to have a why. I got to know what this right. manual is going to do for me. I got to know what this book is going to do for me. I got to know what this conference is going to do for me. And not just for me, but for everybody involved, right? right? And so the idea is, is that you get your most important work done before you get in the, the busyness of the, in the whirlwind. Yeah. And the cool thing about that is that if you get that done early and get that out of the way, Zig and Brian guilt -free Tracy. Day. I call it a guilt-free yeah, day. Yeah, I mean, you already got more done by 9 o'clock in the morning than most people get done in 90 days, Yeah, you know? And it sounds like you know you you got to know what's in it for you. What's in what what's the big vision right. really about? But also defining those priorities. Yes, really help you know whether you had a good day or a bad day in some ways. And a lot of people don't know. And it's okay to have a bad day. You know, you you slept a little bit late, didn't get the writing done, and you got a lot of other stuff done. But you wouldn't consider that a great day. Right. You wouldn't even know that's not a great day unless you had actually defined the priorities. Right. So that's how I structure my day. And then then everything's calendared, even my day off, even my fun time, even, you know, the, the things that I want to do personally, everything's calendared. And a lot of people don't like that, quote unquote, restriction. But if you're going to produce, if you're going to be a high producer, you're going to achieve a lot, you're going to do a lot, you're going to perform at the highest level, you got to run. You run in your own calendar, calendar or somebody else? I run my own calendar. Got it. Right. And Why? Here's what I do. I block out time. I have a system where I have um, one of those calendar, uh, automatic calendar schedulers. Yes. Right? And that takes a lot less time for my assistant or someone just to give them that link, and then they find something that's available on my calendar, right? Then me going oh, back and it. forth, right? I book my own air. I have so you a, go in and you block out your time first, and then they fill it. Correct. And then uh, that's smart, actually. Yeah. yeah. And then so you have I use Appointment Core, but there's Calendly and all these other programs where you can tell it don't let anybody book during these times, right? So then you have those that time blocked on your personal calendar, and then as people book, that just pops up on your calendar, right? So you bypass the whole going back and forth with your assistant. Now, you got a great assistant. I don't know how you guys do it, but I'm going to be interviewing you well, one no, of these we, days. We, we really out. have a great system, but I'm actually going to borrow what you just said. I'm going to go in, and Friday afternoons, we're going to block it, you know, Monday morning. All day Monday, we try to block it. Tuesday morning, Wednesday. That's all yeah. writing time. Yeah, I say yeah. we block it, but it's right. blocked to do work. Block your writing time. Uh, you have, obviously, uh, slots open this morning or slots scheduled this morning. This is when I do podcasts. And the idea is that when it comes to your calendar, this is when I do this. That's part of the process, right? And there's an old saying that says that uh, a process takes the pressure off of the person. Mm -hmm. Like you woke up today, you know that you've got, Podcasts three, podcasts, at, three yeah. podcasts at nine o'clock, you know, or nine, ten, eleven. And so that's how I do it. I schedule my time off. I schedule it's all blocked in advance. We have uh, this is when I meet with my staff. This is when I meet with my marketing manager. This is when I do this. This is when I do that. And I just try to stick to that. There's always going to be things that come up that are important enough to manually. Yeah. 
you know. And I've got a lot of listeners right now who they're not scheduling much of anything. I mean, stuff may show up on their their calendar, but they're really winging it every day. Right. And to me, that's the first thing you want to tackle. Absolutely. You, you got to tackle your time. Absolutely. Now, I want to say something about implementation and priorities because you brought up priorities. Yeah. Most business owners that I know don't know how to prioritize because there's so much in that whirlwind. I mean, you've got leadership, you got marketing, you got sales, you got operations, customer relations, you got, you got customer relations, yeah. you got finance, you got all this stuff. I don't know where to start. And to get clarity on those most important projects, you need coaching. And really, implementation happens best in a context of community, in a context of, okay, I have a leadership coach, I have a business coach, a good coach, someone who has been there before. And my greatest life lesson has been get around people who have already done what you want to do and yeah. and that can also show you how to show do you it. best practices yeah absolutely. and also inspire you because the people that you're hanging out with may, right. may not be building a business and that's not what they're thinking about talking about and you know we rub off on each other we really do yeah yeah i'll be right back with the rest of my conversation with howard partridge in just a moment We have a webinar happening on March 17th called the Small Business Marketing Playbook. If you are wondering, what in the world should my marketing look like after I come out of this coronavirus thing, when the economy starts booming back, what should it look like? And you're also saying, I don't have a lot of money to spend on it. I'm kind of grabbing my credit card right now. The great news is pretty much everything that we're talking about is relatively free. I mean, you're going to have to change some words on your website. You're going to have to write some words or have somebody write some words for you. It's not very expensive. But if you don't have a small business marketing plan, attend the webinar. It's the Small Business Marketing Playbook happening on March 17th. We have over 5,000 people registered even before I recorded this ad. Make sure that you get a spot. Go to storybrand.com slash webinar, storybrand.com slash webinar. Again, over 5,000 people are already registered. I don't know what the cap is, but it can't be a whole lot more than that. Just go right now and register, storybrand.com slash webinar. How do you measure progress? Well, uh, the way I measure progress is I uh, set goals and then we track how we're doing. Right. So, how do you track how you're doing? I'm curious. Well, walk me through your goal setting process as well. Sure. So, I use the Ziggler, as you know. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm uh, the my company, Phenomenal Products, is the exclusive small business coaching company for the Zig Ziggler Corporation. I help Tom with running that company, and so I use the Ziggler Planner, and and so there's a process of looking at your long-term goals. And I think this is so important, what people miss, is they want to shortcut this whole thing, right? So you have to have that long-term vision, that dream, if you want to call it that. You need to understand why you're doing it. And then get that coaching and, and that feedback. We have assessments that we use for business owners. So if you're not making money, you got to start there. And your projects need to be about how do we how do we make money. So... First, I get a vision of what I want. I'll yeah. give you a good example. So I want to build a house on my favorite beach in Florida, uh-huh. right? So that started as a dream, impossible at that time. Right. First of all, never let that vision leave your mind because human beings do what human beings see. Now, do you have a routine or you're imagining this beach house or you're thinking about it or is that just obsessive for you? I think all the time I have... I have 
You're a visionary by nature. thinking time. Yes. yes. Yeah. I have more ideas than I'll ever be able to implement. Right. But uh, so a business, to bring it back down to, to a practical level, one good example would be, let's say that uh, we build our budget, we build our 12-month cash flow budget, and we say, okay, we need to be doing $5 million a year because our, our, our cost of sale is this, our overhead is that, and that's going to give us the amount of profit that we need. Well, business owners, they don't even know. They're not tracking their sales. They're not tracking their their profit loss many times. I had a client. They're checking time. their bank account. The, yeah. That's, that's it. Listen, that's, <laughs> that's how they manage cash flow. backwards. And then <laughs> their CPA is holding them hostage because, well, you're not even going to know how you did for the month until 45 days later. It's too right. late to do anything about it. So right. you need to be tracking your goals. You break your goals. Here's how we do it. So we set our uh, revenue goals for the year, break it down by the month. And once you know the pattern, if you have, like I have a company in Houston that does almost $4 million a year, and we have big months and smaller months, and so we adjust it based on history. This is our sales goal. Every single day we post the sales, yeah. and we recast for the team. This is how many, you know, uh, each person has to produce the rest of this month to make the goal, and everybody gets a bonus, Right. So you track daily sales, or as often as your sales occur. If you're in construction, it would be by the project. If you're in membership, then it'd be by the membership. And then you got to track those sales goals. If it gets to the 20th of the month and you're behind, then it you better pick a up the drama. pace. Yeah. And, and that you, drama is actually important. It's important, yeah. right? Because then you can rally the team, right? Yeah. yeah. And so then you're looking also at your PL. We have this little financial quick check that you do every single week to make sure that you're on track. So if you're watching your profit and loss and your cost or your percentage of cost of goods is out of whack, or there's this big expense that you didn't expect or something, you're going to have to figure out what to do about that. Right. Right. Yeah. And that and, was a life changer for us. And I think it was like three or four years ago. You know, our company is really only about five years old, but three or four years ago, we implemented a dashboard. It's yeah, a digital exactly. dashboard. Yep. And I would say probably half the people listening have one, half don't. Yep. Anybody listening to this who has a dashboard remembers how the dark ages of not having one. <laughs> it's a pain in the right. rear end to produce. It's expensive. Yeah. Go make it. Go yeah. have one made yeah. for you. Yeah. And for us, it's very similar to you. We have up to the second sales. We know mm -hmm. exactly what's happening. Yep. But also, we, we measure leads. We measure emails coming in. We know which uh, lead generators are working, which ones are not, which yep. ones to kill, which yep. ones to pour more resources into, yep. those kinds of things. And then our sales team measures differently. Our sales team actually measures each salesperson, and they have these weekly meetings. And you know, if you can't measure it, you can't grow it. Absolutely, and no that's doubt huge. about it. Let's actually close though with people. You got a sure. bunch more P's in this book. The book, by the way, if you go to Amazon, just just type in Amazon F T I, or failure to implement. You'll find Howard's book. But you talk about people. Yeah. And how important are the people that you hire and that you surround yourself in your organization? As I say in the book, I almost made the people principle the first principle mm -hmm. because it's that important. But from a logical standpoint of understanding your potential, seeing a picture... Starts with vision, yeah. Yeah, and understanding you're here for a reason, what you're doing should have meaning. And then the fourth principle is the people principle. It's everything. Because the fact is, is and there's two sides of it, right? So it's your mentors. Again, my greatest life lesson is get around people who are already doing what you want to do and 
that know how to get you there. There's mm -hmm. plenty of people who yeah, have been yeah. very successful, but I don't know how to coach you or train you to get there, right? So for example, uh, my company uh, years and years ago, we we're doing a couple million dollars a year, but we weren't making money. And we, uh, I hired a, a consultant, a financial consultant that came in and said, okay, you need to price. This is, this is how much you need to charge. And uh, here's the reports that you need to pay attention to. And, and we created this financial system. And because of that, we got super profitable. And I personally got debt free as a result of that. Yeah. And so, it's what were a, some of the principles that he taught you? I mean, did, did you have to let go of underperformers? And well, was this she? Yep. And the honestly, the main thing was just pricing right and paying attention. Gotcha. It, I mean, it was, sometimes it's that simple. Yeah. You're just not paying attention to production, some profit margins. Our labor rate was sky high. So she helped us implement a better pay plan, right? Right. Better compensation plan. So that was a factor that our labor rate was so high. Today, we're always working on that. And our labor rate is lower than it ever has been. But yet we're getting higher production right. than we've ever gotten. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that's because you've got the right people in the right place. Got the right people. But here's the thing. There's two, there's two things. One is I've got to find the people who who are where I want to be that have that kind of character. So but they these also are your mentors, your friends, mentors, your pod, you coaches, talk about in the, in the people like that. Uh, so you know that's why I followed Zig Ziglar because Zig was such a an amazing human being. And so if you want to be healthy, hang around healthy people. If you want to be financially successful hang around phenomenally successful people that are, that are financially successful. If you want to uh, be strong in business, then, you know, listen to people like you, <laughs> right? And then on the other side of it, you got to build a team to get where you want to go, unless you just want to, you know, you want to yeah. work a, a trade and, you know, do everything yourself. And nobody's good at everything, right? So there's a saying I learned along the way that says, if you have a dream, but no team, you have to either give up the dream or build up the team. Yeah. I chose to build up the team. And there was a time, and my dream is to spend as much time on that beach down there at my beach house. <laughs> With and, your grandkid. And think and write. And you know, she gets old enough to, to, that's my conflict now, right? So my you're granddaughter's for your granddaughter in Houston, when you're in the dream like, house. Yeah, I never, yeah, I never <laughs> believed that I would like be thinking, uh, do you want to go to the beach? You know, so, all things phenomenal will those come are great. together. Those are very wonderful problems to have. Yeah, they are. You know, yeah. Howard, I sat down with one of our leaders recently, not recently, but maybe a couple of years ago. We had a, a team member who was great. They were in an important position. Yep. They were great. They got everything done. We asked them to get done. But they they, they weren't a rock star. And so they said, you know, Don, we, we got to keep them. I mean, they, you know, they, they're really great. They're performing super well. They always they have a humble attitude. And then I sat down and said, okay, let's look at what they're doing. They are not losing us money. Period. They're not losing us money. Let's look at what a rock star would have done if we had found out this person was a rock star. And let's list everything. And we actually sat there and we came up with $2 million mm. more in revenue wow. that we didn't get because we were getting $250,000 in revenue off the existing mediocre performer. Yeah, yeah. So the opportunity cost on not hiring a rock star was $2.75 million. Or $1.75 million. Always attract A players. And the thing is, is that even A players, they need a system to work in. Right. Right. 
They need coaching. We have to develop them. You can't just think that you're going to hire a bunch of rock star players that can't work together, no. right? So that's the other Culture thing. matters. But you get the right people. You give them the right processes. You help them be productive, and you measure the progress. Measure. All in FTI, failure to implement, and yeah. you're, you've got a good shot at winning. Failure to implement is the book. My guest is Howard Partridge. Howard, will you come back on sometime? If you invite me, I'd love to be here. You know, you know. let me just tell you about something about business coaches. There are business coaches and there are business cheerleaders. And a lot of cheerleaders are masquerading as coaches, and they're not helpful. That's You're right. a coach. That's right. And I'm grateful for you. That's right. All right. But I'll cheerlead a little bit along the way. Well, every coach know. cheerleads, but they yeah. also have plans and frameworks Absolutely. and things you, you can implement. Absolutely. You have tools. You got to have tools. I had a, I know we got to close, but uh, the reason I'm here today uh -huh. is because I didn't have a mentor. I had a tour mentor. There was no <laughs> cheerleading at all, ever. It like, he kicked my behind and I ended up uh, building my relationship with Ziggler because of this. I ended up doing all the things that I've done over the last so he, 10 years. So the tormentor was a good thing. It was a great thing for me because I'm a little hard-headed. and It's funny how you, you know. see these these football coaches who just can't crack a smile to save their lives. Yeah. And these football players just love them. Yeah. They just, that guy was like a dad yeah. to me. Nick, look yeah. at Nick Saban. People want to be challenged. Yeah. They want to be measured. They want you to give them props. Give me some, don't try to, to, to make me like you. Right. Try to make me respect you. Yes. Love it's it. Different thing. Yes. Howard, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. It was, it was fun. So JJ, execution is everything. It really is. <laughs> yeah. How has it been different? You know, we've created the system where you, where yeah. I talked about in the interview, you you have five priorities for your division and then yes. five priorities for you personally, and then you meet with Doug, our our president. Yep. Uh, every week. Every week. Every week. Yep. How's every that? How's that changed your your pace and your rhythm of work? Well, for me, it's huge because I, as you and I both do, we do a lot of things in the company. You know, so there's a lot of different directions I can get pulled. Right. And it's what, easy to get confused. Really, to, what do I? What's my job? In many ways, and and I can get pulled into small things really easily. And by having five priorities written down that have accountability dates with them. So five things I have to be done by these dates and then meeting with somebody every week to talk about the progress in those and how those are going, what's blocking that, if anything's getting in the way of me being able to do it, or if I'm ahead of the game. It has drastically changed the way I do everything because it's just focused me. Yeah. I have That's better input key. now. That's the key. It's just focusing. Yep. Everybody, I mean, pretty much everybody works hard. Yeah. It's, it's just if you don't have focus, it's, you don't actually get, it's yep. hard to get anything done. And I can just be drawn into this meeting or that meeting, and this makes me go, nope, this is my job. This yeah. is my job, and I can do those other things as long as I'm doing these things first. Yeah. And we're actually creating a course called Execution Made Simple that helps people learn how to run an execution system within their organization. But yeah. until we get that out, Howard's book is out there, but you really do need an execution system. JJ, another great interview. I like this because it's practical. So practical. Yeah, we're just making people money. Music for this episode is by Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's music on Spotify or Apple Music. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. <laughs>